Hi guys, it's me, producer Whitey. I'm sorry to say there's been some problems with this episode's audio. Maybe some gremlins got in the booth or something. I don't know. But the episode's still here, and we just wanted to give you a little heads up. Enjoy 51st Dates! After ditching Dickie Roberts, former child star, Jack and Josh embark on an epic quest of 51st Dates. This is Truly Happily Madison. Everybody out there, welcome back. Another week has gone by. It's been a fun week for me. Josh, has it been a fun week for you? Yeah, ha- yeah. I mean, it's all been great. I went and saw um, an Indian farmer's protest. That was on Sunday. That was very exciting. What else did you see on Sunday, Josh? <laughs> I saw you. We ran into out each in the other. Flesh. We've been seeing each other over the internet for so long now. <laughs> I forgot how great it is to see my good old friend Josh in person. <laughs> I know, I forgot you had corporeal form. It was exciting. Dear listeners, you are listening to Truly Happily Madison. Each week, your hosts Jack Gregson and Josh Pappenheim discuss the entire filmography of Happy Madison Productions from 1999 to current day. But this week, we're not alone. After one week we've being guestless, we've been joined by dating coach and podcaster Amy Rhoda, host of Successful Single and Not Willing to Settle. Hi. Amy, thank you so much for joining us this week. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. When you guys reached out and I saw what you what your podcast was all about, I was, this is the best idea in the world. I'm so excited to come on. <laughs> oh, it's so nice that someone else thinks that. What are you talking about? We've got tons, literally fives of listeners. Ah, oh, not my mum. She's not crazy <laughs> about the podcast. Is she not? My dad keeps asking why we're talking about the guy who made Dodgeball. <laughs> he doesn't understand that Ben Stiller and Adam Sandler aren't the same person. That's amazing. And I will have more to say on that <laughs> in this episode. Wow. Okay. I'm excited. Amy, before we get into the 51st dates of it all, tell me. What is your history or knowledge of Adam Sandler and the Happy Madison Production Company? Well, I guess the first thing I should say is that um, I'm a Jewish girl from Long Island, so whenever somebody comes out with a Hanukkah song, like, we gotta love that, right? So, Adam Sandler fan for that reason. Um, And then when I was in, so I'm going to date myself now, when I was in high school, Billy Madison, I think, came out when I was like late, late in high school. So my brother one one evening was like, let's watch Billy Madison. And I remember being like, what the hell is this penguin? Like, what is going on? Like, completely confused. Um, And then fast forward to college, my (laughs) summer going into my sophomore year, I lived in an apartment And we had, our TV didn't work. And all we had was a VHS of Billy Madison. So by the end of the summer, I had memorized the entire movie. And I think like that's the beauty of Adam Sandler movies is like they're so stupid. 
Like, especially the first time you watch him, you're like, what is happening? You're totally confused. But then <laughs> it becomes like this kind of cult classic with your friends where you're like just quoting random lines that clearly have nothing to do with anything in the plot of the movie. Um, and it draws you in that way, you know? So it's, it's certainly not, they're not good movies, but they're like, I don't know, they're like junk food. Junk food's a great way to describe they're it. Soothing. They're like candy corn, like, why the hell am I eating this? It doesn't even taste good, but I can't stop. Yep, yep, yep. Oh my God, that, that's the whole podcast in a line. <laughs> I love Billy Madison. I haven't watched it for a while. I do have a signed copy of the Blu-ray back at my uh, parents' house. Oh, that's Amazing. So, not signed by Adam Sommer. <laughs> Signed by the director, by the penguin. Tamara Davis. Uh, oh, I wish it was signed by the penguin. I know. Well, there's a penguin in this movie too. God, That's, no. You know, right. if it works, then oh keep it. God. What a segue! That's a great segue. <laughs> I like that a lot. You've been doing podcasting for a while. I can. Tell. <laughs> um, Almost half a year. <laughs> Old school. Oh, this is only eleven weeks for yeah. us. God, eleven weeks, Josh. We're old. Nearly three months. Well with that beautiful segue let's get into it we're talking about 50 first dates josh do you have a synopsis i do i do and this is written by film fan uk on oh, imdb that might be me <laughs> <laughs> it could be what, your deactivated account from the forums anyway henry roth lives in a hawaiian paradise with the company of endless women with no strings attached this is until he meets lucy whitmore both henry and lucy enjoy the company of each other and feel the start of a serious relationship occurring approaching lucy the next day henry is confused when lucy fails to recognize him this is the moment henry discovers that lucy actually suffers from short-term memory loss and can't remember each individual day henry won't let this stop him and is prepared to make her fall in love with him all over again each and every day that's a horror <laughs> it's horrible I, to I read remove my claim that i might have written no that. i think you did it <laughs> would be 10 years ago or more. Oh, man. Yeah, no, it's bad. I guess it is, right? That is the film. Well, yeah, the tagline is, imagine having to win over the girl of your dreams every friggin' day. That's about... Imagine. <laughs> imagine. <laughs> you don't have to imagine. I've seen the film. Well, that's what you should be doing anyway. Well, that's the other thing as a as a dating coach. Like, who would sign up for that? <laughs> that's True. ridiculous. Like, the whole premise of the movie is just... It's just, it's just ridiculous. I mean, I guess we're supposed to, it's supposed to be ridiculous, right? Because it's an Adam yeah. Sandler film, but like, come on, you know? <laughs> I guess we should, we should just right up front say that the condition that Lucy has, and Lucy played by Drew Barrymore, uh, that condition does not exist. Well, I want to shock you. You have it. Because... No, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, who, don't know who anyone is ever. No, but as I was researching, because I was like, this can't be real. There are similar cases, and I was drawn to the case of Clive Waring. Okay. Have you come across this, Jack? I haven't come. I, I haven't come across Clive Waring in my research. No. So he is a man. He was an accomplished accomplished musician. He still is former musicologist, conductor, tenor, and keyboardist who at some point contracted the herpes virus, which then damaged his brain, and now he only has a 30-second memory. Wow. Like a fish in a bowl. Yeah, essentially. Very upsetting. 
But I said Lucy's uh, condition didn't exist. I didn't say anything about 10-second Tom. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. Oh my god, Alan Covert's doing the most truthful performance. Back on Clive Waring, his diary. He got given a diary by his caretakers and was told to write down his thoughts. I just want to read out a very, like, a short three-entry Josh, you're not making fun of someone. <laughs> I'm not <laughs> making fun. No, no. I just want to, like, you've said this doesn't exist. I've said there's someone who has it worse. 8.31am. Now I am really completely awake. 9.06am. Now I am perfectly, overwhelmingly awake. 9.34am. Now I am superlatively actually awake. Every time, so he reads his diary and goes like, oh no, I forgot about that. But now I'm here. Mm. I feel about this. I'm very upset. I know, it's really upsetting. (laughs) Does his whole memory disappear, or is it like he remembers this is fascinating because he can speak, right? So so what part of his memory He knows to check this diary and uh Yeah, short term memory. He spends every day this is all on Wiki. He spends every day waking up every twenty seconds, restarting his consciousness once the time span of his short memory elapses, about thirty seconds. During this time, he repeatedly questions why he has not seen a doctor as he constantly believes he has only recently awoken from a comatose state. Oh my gosh. But apparently, on an uplifting note, just because I'm aware that this segue has gone on for a while and is also horrible, he is actually apparently really able to play music by sight reading. Because again, you only need to look at what's in front of you. And he can, like, compose. Um, not compose. He can conduct. All that kind of stuff. So I just wanted to... I, I mean, ideally, I would have brought this out way later in the podcast rather than right at the beginning. Yeah, we took a dark turn really early. I can't believe I've got to follow that up with the, the stats. <laughs> yeah, give me some stats. So this movie feels so weird to into this now. Yeah, come on. Let's get in the mindset of someone who has no concept of what happened 30 seconds ago. But you know what? It's fine. We're going to talk about this film that's 15 years old. <laughs> and how it did at the box office. 16 years old, actually. 16. Also, this film was directed by Peter Seagal, who we know from Anger Management. We do. Interestingly, we've not reached any uh, Dennis Dugan movies yet. Mm. Who is sort of the big Adam Sandler director. Not a lot to say about that, but uh, just, <laughs> just just thought I'd put, just put it out happen. there. Uh, this film starred Adam Sandler, Drew Barrymore, reuniting from The Wedding Singer, Rob Schneider, Sean Astin, and Dan Aykroyd. First appearance for Sean Astin and Dan Aykroyd in the Happy Madison movie. Mm. Not to be the last. Uh, Released on the 13th of February 2004, just in time for Valentine's Day. Made on a budget of $75 million. What? (laughs) And uh, grossed at the domestic box office 120.9. Opened at number one ahead of Barbershop 2, Miracle... The Butterfly Effect, and You Got Served. Ooh. It has a Rotten Tomato score of 45%. Yeah. And um, the other comedies from 2004. See if you can spot a theme here. Along Came Polly. Mm. Anchorman. Mm. Dodgeball. Mm. Meet the Fockers. Mm. Starsky and Hutch. Mm. And Envy. Mm. <laughs> so that's six movies, all starring, or at least featuring... Ben Stiller. Mm. No wonder my dad thinks that this is a Ben Stiller podcast. <laughs> this guy's 2004. Oh, Ben Stiller year. That is insane. That's not only is like, no, the only one he only briefly features in is Anchorman. 
Along came Polly, Dodgeball, Meet the Fockers, Starsky and Hutch, and Envy. They're all like Ben Stiller leads those movies yeah. in 2004. He's trying to have like that Jim Carrey year of like Ace Ventura, the Dumb and Dumber, and The Mask. Did he do it? I mean, no. <laughs> <laughs> but he tried. I like some of those movies. Yeah, um, so yeah, but I just thought it was interesting. So this is the only Adam Sandler movie of 2004 going head-to-head against sort of his cinematic rival, I guess, at the time. But I do think... I, I like Ben Stiller, but I think Adam Sandler's probably had the longer-lasting sort of comedy career. Ben Stiller sort of moved in sharp into drama territory now. Yeah, but Ben Stiller sort of had the prestige... Actually, no, that's not true. Not after <laughs> Uncut Gems and Punch Drunk Love. I don't even know what I'm saying. But... I mean, they both did the Myrowitz stories together, and of course Ben Stiller's in Happy Gilmore and... Um... Hubie Halloween. Very so true. We'll get but, to him. <laughs> but Adam Sandler hasn't been in Curb Your Enthusiasm yet. That That's the real good. test. That would be good. Would I'm be in good. for that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, 51st Dates. Is this a first time watch for anybody? Or, uh... I think so. Are you sure, Josh? <laughs> I guess not. Sure? I was going to say ironically, but not ironically at all. It felt like it was the first time. It had been completely <laughs> wiped from my memory until I watched it again. So I kind of felt... You know, it was my my second first date at watching this. <laughs> oh, that's, nice. that's very sweet. Be, I have seen this film so many times. It'd be good if they added in, you know, one of those Men in Black shooty pointy gun things that wipes your memory at the end of the film, <laughs> that so that you were like, "Oh no, I've never seen Fifty First Dates." <laughs> Which is what I think happened to me, because again, it was another one where I was like, oh, "I don't think I've seen this, but I know basically all the scenes <laughs> and the order that they appear in." How many times have you seen this, Jack? I've seen this so many times. I remember this coming out. I went to see this at the cinema. I think I had a cheeky version of this on DVD. <laughs> what a film to get a cheeky version of. If you're a policeman, stop listening now. I've already said it now. Yeah, but if they don't listen to the whole episode, it can't be used as evidence. That's true. I, yeah, I remember just kind of digging this movie. And I still do. Oh. I still do. I'm going to I'm gonna let you know something, Josh. This is my favourite movie of all the ones we've watched. Is it? Interesting. It is. This is the only one I've given 3.5 out of 5. <laughs> <laughs> High praise indeed. And it's my favourite, despite the stuff that I would describe as the Adam Sandler material. Oh, yeah. I really like this movie. I think... The chemistry between Adam Sandler and Drew Barrymore is fantastic. These two work off each other so well. I mean, it's obviously they've worked before on The Wedding Singer. They just won Greatest of All Time Dynamic Duo at the MTV Movie and TV Awards, I think, two days ago. Huh. Oh, what, this year now? Yeah. Wow. The MTV Movie and TV Awards, they did a, a sort of a retrospective awards this year because of not so many movies coming out. <laughs> so they uh, they decided and they gave Adam Sandler and Drew Barrymore the greatest of all time dynamic duo I mean fair enough Three... I'm not going to argue with them I'd never argue with the MTV movie and TV awards no so... you wouldn't no you <laughs> are MTV's number one shell that's true <laughs> I honestly have to strongly disagree <laughs> <laughs> you don't think they're the greatest movie pairing of all time I think honestly that I was just saying this to my husband I think that um Drew Barrymore is an, a horrific actress. <laughs> like, I, I can hear her reading off a script as she's speaking, and I think she peaked in E.T., to be quite honest. 
Like, I think that's where, <laughs> where it ended for her. And I don't not like the things that she's in, but, like, everything, I think her acting ability is, like, non-existent. I don't know. That's my, I know that's my, I know people are going to be like, what? We love Drew Barrymore. I don't dislike her as a person, but I don't think she's a good actress at all. I, I have a feeling I know who your LVP is going to be. <laughs> <laughs> Did I let you know? <laughs> I can kind of agree, because in my head, I've never seen Drew Barrymore play a character. She's always Drew Barrymore. She's Drew Barrymore. Yeah, it's always Drew Barrymore reading lines as something, but like it's Drew Barrymore. I'm happy to see Drew Barrymore. I'm sorry, you telling me that Lucy Whitmore and Dylan Saunders from Charlie's Angels and Charlie's Angels Full (laughs) Throttle are the same character? (laughs) I don't see it. I think they are, they're both aspects of Drew Barrymore. They are, I think so too. I just feel like it's, I don't know. I've been saying this for years, you know, I I don't don't see it. I don't see it. Well, you're in a safe space for that. Well, from my side, at least. At the same time, though, does does Adam Sandler play anything but Adam Sandler? He, uh, sorry. Yeah, show me Hubie Halloween versus What's-His-Face from Uncut Gems. Polar opposites. You know what? I don't know if it's the way that she speaks, because she is like a, it's not, I don't want to call it an impediment, but like she... She speaks mm. very, like, the way that she speaks and pronounces things is very specific to her. And I don't know if that's what's bothering me, because she never changes that. And I feel like, you know, you have actors who take on accents or different personas, and it's always just her and how she, I don't know. I don't know if that's part of what it is, but in the final, not the final scene, but in the scene where she's like, I'm showing you my journal, and I'm, I'm going to give it to you, and you need to take it, but, like, how can I have babies with you? That whole scene with at, when she tells Adam Sandler to go away, basically. She's, like, doing this, like, nodding thing, and you have to have a life, and I'm looking at her like, oh, my God, this is just so clearly, I can you call it acting? I don't know. You're so clearly, and, and listen, it's not like the writing was so fantastic that she was given much material <laughs> to work with, but, like, it was so clear. I felt like somebody could have been holding up like cue cards and she was like leaning to the side and reading. I find her very charming. (laughs) She could be charming but also be crap. (laughs) I don't like, I I watch her in this film and I see her and Sala together and so the moments that don't work for me in this film is anything with Sala and Rob Schneider. Yep, bad. Anything with the alexa Alexa, character my god there's um stuff i hate i mean i don't mind the walrus and the and the penguin oh you you loved it when it vomited on alexa (laughs) i didn't mind (laughs) oh this is height of comedy (laughs) that's pretty solid (laughs) but i really like the stuff um not to hint at who my mvp could be but blake clark in this movie as uh drew barrymore's dad I think offers a really nice performance and it's it's interesting. I want to talk about the writing for a moment. This film was written by George Wing who mm. um, this was a spec script he'd written and it was a drama. That wow. makes so much fucking sense because my <laughs> one was... note on this is like is this a comedy? It's not a comedy. The only <laughs> things that make it a comedy are the stupid Adam Sandler bits that he puts in. Otherwise, it's a really sad drama. <laughs> it is a very sad drama. It's interesting you mentioned the thing with Drew Barrymore's voice. The scene where it has to convey real drama, they sort of go 
silent fall. Yeah, yeah, no, exactly. It's the first time she discovers that she's had the accent, and she goes and runs off to the pier and stuff like that. They just dip all the sound she, out for it because she can't fucking do it. <laughs> But I actually quite like that scene. This was written as a drama. Barrymore read the script, loved it, sent it to Sandler saying we should reunite. And then Sandler rewrote it. (laughs) um, Basically transforming it into a comedy and moved it from Seattle to Hawaii, which I 100% believe is just because he wanted to go to Hawaii. Yeah. <laughs> Can you imagine being that, that screenwriter who's written... Was it their first script? It was the first one that sold, at least, I believe. First one that sold. You're like, oh, I've, I've written this wonderful, touching drama. And you get the call. Oh, they they it's greenlit, buddy. It's greenlit. Only one problem. We want to make it a comedy. Oh, cool. Who, who have you got to, to touch up? Oh yeah, no, um, Adam Sandler. <laughs> Just like, oh fuck. Oh. I mean, you know what? I wouldn't be too sad for George Wing because, despite it being rewritten by Adam Sandler, he is still the only credited writer on the film. Ooh. And the film has been remade four times. Wow. <laughs> in wow. foreign languages, and he is always a credited writer on those uh, as the original story and original screenplay idea, and he's making money of 50 first dates Mm. so he is doing fine he has only written one other film which is a film called outsourced uh i don't know if you know this one no i think it did well when it came out but probably wouldn't be as seen as a positive today it is about an american man whose entire department is outsourced to india and he has to go to uh train his replacement oh who's in that josh hamilton i feel like i saw that Maybe. They made a NBC sitcom of it as well. That's what I know. Yeah. Bad. <laughs> I'm going to yeah, revert not... back to my impaired short-term memory on that one. I think I saw <laughs> it. Maybe I saw it. <laughs> I'm not sure it's probably one that has the cultural touch that they would really need these days. No. Well, this movie but certainly not... doesn't either. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. Well, I don't think it had it for when it released. Right. You move it to Hawaii, and definitely not a depiction of Hawaiians that I would call flattering. Because the main Hawaiian character we're really given is Rob Schneider's character. Yeah. Is he meant to be Hawaiian? I know, yeah. Not, was he just married I think to he's Hawaiian? definitely meant to be Hawaiian. Yeah, because I could not tell what the hell he was doing. like what his accent was i mean we're back in the territory of rob schneider playing a race that he isn't right (laughs) put it delicately yeah yeah last time we had him playing a chinese man now we have him playing a hawaiian man josh you look confused why is he playing a chinese man eight crazy nights yeah yeah yeah. sorry completely zoned out on that yeah yeah i mean forget it if you can (laughs) but don't worry he he does it again in uh i now pronounce you chuck and larry so we can talk about yeah i mean we've talked about it before but there is something wildly off with rob schneider just feeling so comfortable playing these no other way to say it racist parts Mm. It's a different time, though, isn't it? It's a different time, 2000. 
It's pre-Crash. It's pre-Crash still. It's the same year as Crash, isn't it? Is it? Oh, oh no, no. Crash is the next year. It's 2005. Apologies. Yes, yeah, so we're not there yet. We haven't fixed it yet. Amy, I'm very curious on your take on this film as a dating coach. Mm. I'm very curious. What advice would you give if someone did have this <laughs> issue? <laughs> So it's so interesting because part of what we do on our podcast is actually watch um, TV shows or movies and we tear them apart in the perspective of dating and even just messages to the different genders, you know, what they're actually saying. Because I think even when we're watching a comedy or we're watching a rom-com, like we know that we're watching something fiction, but at the same time we're getting like jolts of excitement or like love from watching something and you can't deny that that's giving your brain some form of message of what love is you know what it should look like what it should feel like you know we're, we're more open to saying that about porn you know that if you watch too much porn it's going to mess up your sex life but we don't really talk about what rom-coms do which is like really watching give you too many rom-coms has definitely messed up my view on romantic relationships a hundred percent and you can't even help it because you get this jolt of emotion and then you're looking for that in real life when it was only two it was an hour and a half you know you don't get to see how love actually plays out in a lifetime and it just it just looks it certainly feels different if it's going to have substance to it and last so the things I notice aside from the short-term memory is you know we get like the even the first opening scene like these gorgeous skinny except for one who they make a joke of women yeah. right they're all gorgeous and skinny and one man and one man and one right man. don't kevin james we can't deny that he was in that too <laughs> this is the first appearance in an adam sandler movie of kevin james it's a big deal we can't mm. gloss over it the main man <laughs> and i didn't i watched this like i watched it almost through and then i kind of was re-watching the first scene i missed it the first time around i was like wait a second because it's so fast it's almost like spliced into the film you yeah. know <laughs> it was like a Fight Club thing that he. Yeah, you know, he... Kevin James is the <laughs> Tyler Durden. <laughs> He's the Tyler Durden. That's two Adam Sandler films that are remakes of Fight Club. What's the other one? Anger Management. I would argue. <laughs> this but... is Josh's reading yes. on Anger Management. <laughs> it's what it is. You get these like beautiful skinny women who are dumb as shit, and <laughs> then you have. Adam Sandler, who is, I mean, he's funny. So, right, so you get this setup. It's kind of like clearly written by, it's written by a guy. Well, Adam Sandler, right? This part, I imagine, is by Adam Sandler. I don't think the opening scene was written by the other guy um, because it was clearly like the comedic side of it. But, um, you know, the, I guess it's not even, he doesn't even have a sense of humor, but like that it's there, it's all about their physique and it's all about his personality. Yeah. It's funny you say he's funny, because I don't think he's funny within the world of the film, because he doesn't say things and people laugh. He's funny in the sense that he does funny things and we watch him do them on screen, but nobody around him is like, that Henry Roth, such a funny he's guy. A funny right. Guy. He's, <laughs> That's he's true. funny just because he's Adam Sandler. Yeah, true. <laughs> that is true. That's so interesting. Yeah. So basically, there's that setup, right? Which again, like it's not a serious film, and that's not even the rom com part of it. So we kind of know to some extent that that's a little over the top. But the love story is so she's set up as the fact that she, her memory keeps erasing sets her up as a very like innocent, almost like virgin esque kind of mm. character, right? She's mm. she's and she's there's something broken about her, and mm. he comes in. 
and gives her love and fixes her. So I feel like, not fix, well, yeah, he kind of fixes her because he provides her with a life that she never would have had. And that whole fairy tale, like, guy's going to come and save you and your broken parts thing is something that you see all the time in rom-coms, which we warn our listeners against, that it's kind of like, that's, you don't want some guy to come in and you want, you want to think your life is awesome and he thinks his life is awesome and then you come together and, like, share your awesome lives with each other. Like, this whole idea of someone (laughs) saving you either way is a recipe for not a great long-term relationship. If you're always being saved by the other person it or vice versa there there are so many problems that come up in relationships when you have that set up you should be able to save each other you should be able to save yourself and the mm-hmm. other your person your partner cheers you on and like gives you some support that's, right that's way. Yes, no, but i've fallen i mean i had this for years like in by this belief system where if you believe that love is someone saving you then you're setting yourself up to have to be broken to be loved it's very true it is. I'm. I'm so glad we have you on for this episode. Yeah. Because I think this <laughs> From is, our um, perspective, we would not have had. No, no. Because <laughs> this is this is one of the uh, this is one of the big complaints I've had about the movies we've covered so far is that most of the female characters have no agency. They have no chance to be funny. Now, obviously, Lucy is has a lot of agency taken away from her because of her condition, but she is definitely a character within this film as yes. opposed to say Winona Ryder in uh, Mr. Deeds or um, Patricia Arquette in Little Nicky. So it's very nice to talk to someone about this who has is able to break down the sort of relationship because this is the first one where I'd actually say the relationship is the driving force of the movie. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah There's something very endearing, um, you know, when I was watching it because, again, my, my eye goes to, like, what, what is wrong with what the message is that they're, they're presenting as a relationship. But what I will say, and they, they definitely, you know, clearly, in the, like I said, in the opening scene, it's just, and even the woman that he meets after he meets Drew Barrymore and tries to go out on that last date, she was like, well, can we just pretend that you didn't say what you just said and just go and have sex anyway or whatever? Like, what, she was just like this <laughs> oh, no. desperate, begging Adam Sandler to have sex. Like, that. it wasn't even Adam Sandler. Begging a guy who is not Adam Sandler but looks like Adam, like, I don't know, to, to have sex. With, it just, the whole thing just seemed like so desperate on her yeah, side, on. you know? Um, I, I do want to say just on that front, that actress is uh, Missy Pyle. Yeah. And I think she is the only person in this film who is able to tap into what level of comedy is supposed to be. God, that's so true. In the movie. Because, I mean, I yeah, as I said, I hate the Rob Schneider stuff. I hated the Alexa character. Missy Pyle's little scene where she is drunk. I can never tell if she is actually drunk or if he has been giving her non-alcoholic drinks and that's just what he was saying to her. It was a very, very odd sort of moment. But she's having she's having a lot of fun. I think he said that he'd been reverse spiking her drinks, and by okay. extension, all the drinks of all the women in the montage at the beginning. I couldn't tell if he was telling the truth there, or if he was just trying to get out of the situation. No, I felt like he was. Truth. I felt like he was telling the truth. It was interesting because I was like, oh, that's actually a redeeming quality to like make us not hate him so much. Like he's not like getting these women wasted to take advantage of them he's actually like just making them think that they're getting wasted <laughs> like it was kind of like this like anti-date rape <laughs> like it was like well i'm not it's not 
you know, I don't know. It's like this anti, <laughs> and again, like everyone's consenting adults, but like he's yeah. like to keep you awake. I don't know. It was something weird, but it, but it almost was like, well, does that make you less of an asshole? Or I don't know. <laughs> it felt like a little like. It was him saying, I'm predatory, but I'm not bad predatory. Right, exactly. I, I, I just wanted to bring her out just because I did. That was the one time another character in this movie was given a chance to be funny. And I think she actually yeah. handled it pretty well. But also, I think for me, that scene underlines... I mean, I have a couple of problems with this film. A couple of structural problems. This That scene really underlines the first one, which is like, why is he such a Lothario at the beginning? <laughs> like, you get the montage of all the women and one man for comedic effect, because that's funny. You also have the future star of John Carter and X-Men Origins Wolverine, Lynn Collins, giving an awful performance as the girl at the end of the montage, where she's like... Henry Roth, why didn't you tell me you were a secret agent? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> it's true. But, like, how does this happen? I mean, we know that Rob Schneider passes on phone numbers to him. But then what does he do after? This would be something that would be answered if the title of the film had any fucking bearing on what happens in the film. Because there aren't 50 dates! The original title was 51st Kisses. But uh, the studio changed it because they thought men were being driven away by the word kisses in the title. What? <sighs> Should have changed it to 50 I hate studio Yeah, studios are bad. <laughs> um, as, you know, if the wedding singer can draw in an audience, I don't see mm. why kisses was... Right, and why, why is... I don't know, you, you guys are the guys. Like, does that... I, I find it fascinating whenever there's like some sort of blanket poll being taken about what turns guys away or like draws I mean, them I mean, in. What's the difference between kisses and dates? Kisses is like too like sweet. You're talking to a guy who at 11 years old was very annoyed he couldn't go see Bridget Jones' diary because <laughs> rated too old for him. That's true. If you guys, I, I, if you guys ever want to review Bridget Jones, I know that that's not and Adam Sandler, but have me back on because that's another fantastic <laughs> one. If you ever want to do it on your show, or we just do a whole Bridget Jones show, <laughs> yes. I'm what, down. Three, three episodes Three done. episodes. That's it. <laughs> Truly, happily Bridget. <laughs> and then we have to read the book. The only people I could see kisses really turning off is like, like the kid from Princess Bride. Fred Savage. Yeah, tiny Fred Savage. Yeah, like he is the only Ew. person I could see being like, I'm not gonna go see this kisses movie. Horrible. Yeah, it's a really stupid decision. But yeah, no, Josh, carry on with your uh, point. No, I mean that was it. I was just sad that we never got to see. We never got to see like a full Adam Sandler. Like, how does he leave this impression on these women at the beginning to sort of prove that he's. Because you'd expect it would be like, he's like the hitch, you know, he's having meaningless sex and then he meets someone who's like, oh, I want to do something more with you than that. But you never get a sense of that, like, who he was as a person before he met Lucy. You get like a little background. You get like the the girlfriend in college who cheats on him. They set him up to be yeah. to be broken again, like this kind of broken person who's now which which does happen to us. I mean, we do go through hardship and then mm. cast really wide nets to make sure we never get hurt again. Like that's that is actually what we end up doing in relationships that that stops us from finding what we want. But the it's such an afterthought in this film though. Yeah, it's a tiny little, like, and it's kind of, they, they don't, they don't say why, they certainly don't say why these women are attracted to him. Um, no. 
and well, he, it's an Adam Sandler movie, and therefore <laughs> like, that is it in every Adam Sandler movie. Like we're gonna get to, I now pronounce you Chuck and Larry, which is honestly one of the worst things I've ever seen in my life. But mm. there is a scene where he's wearing like a sort of green tracksuit. And all these women are sort of attracted to him. And he just looks like a sort of sleazy landlord from the 70s. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I remember watching that for the first time, already hating it. And just being like, how does Adam Sandler play a ladies man? Mm. I mean, famously married to uh, Jackie Sandler, star of all these films. Yeah, she's like, back in this she's one. She's back in this. She plays the dentist, the dental hygienist. Mm. Um, and Peter Seagal's wife plays the woman in the chair oh wow um, it's, a little, it's a little wife scene but yeah i don't like there's nothing about adam sandler that says to me ladies he does it again in uh just go with it where again he is playing a guy who just likes to go sleep around a lot and i never really see adam sandler as that person well that's where you kind of the idea is who wrote it but i also i will say that there's there is the the confidence side of it. Like he just, I mean, even in the that final scene, he, like he jumps off a pier onto the guy's wave runner. You know, like yeah. there's yeah. just a, I like that moment. I do like that moment. And there is a seductiveness to. I mean, I think that this goes I, either way. When someone just has like this undeniable, I mean, it's why people fall in love or get attached to narcissists. When people have like an undeniable, mm. unapologetic confidence in themselves, like just a surety that you would be attracted to them, people fall for that and are kind of like, oh, if he's sure that he's awesome, then, <laughs> you know, like, I guess it's true. So I, I saw that a little bit, that he was just, well, he just decided he was that person. Though he does have uh, my favorite line of the movie when uh, Blake Clark introduces him to Drew Barrymore as her boyfriend, and he just says, sorry, I'm not better looking. (laughs) (laughs) The self-deprecation of Adam Sandler. Yeah, that's endearing, too, you know? It is endearing. I really like that moment. Again, probably from the original script, I would Probably. Yeah, like, there were, and that's what I was saying before, Drew Barrymore's character, there were some things that were really, really sweet that I did like about... I thought gave depth to her, which I, I thought was surprising and probably like you're you're absolutely right from the other script because they're usually paper thin, the ca- the females in his in his movies. Like the yeah, building yeah. even just the the building the the structures out of the out of the waffles. Like I loved yeah. that. I thought that was awesome. Like and such a unique I don't know, aspect of a character that you don't I've never seen that before. You know, I thought it was such a cool mm. way to introduce her. This is the reason it is my favorite of the ones we've watched so far, is it was just refreshing to see a female character in these movies that, like, had a personality, even if it gets wiped at the end of every day. Um, (laughs) Her personality stays. Her personality stays. Anything that she, any personal depth that she gets from that day is gone, though. Yeah. It's interesting. The more you say, say these things about this film, the more... I, I think, yeah, is this my but the, I just do enjoy it. I just, uh, I'm not sure what it is. Like, I, I think I just, I do think the romance of it is played well, despite, like, it, one of my favorite movies is Groundhog Day, and uh, I believe this movie was compared to Groundhog Day a lot when it came out, because despite not having the, uh, very current premise of doing a Groundhog Day movie these days. It has the idea of a guy 
winning someone over while they can't remember that he's already done it before. Um, mm. And this one feels a bit more creepy than Groundhog Day. Oh my god, I'm so glad that you said that. <laughs> Oh my god, yeah, I find this film incredibly creepy. Like that last scene when she's like waking up trapped in a boat in the middle of the ocean. <laughs> I like that. That was I mean, I'm glad at least I felt I was able to breathe when I saw her dad was there. But I was like, oh my god, like what if she wakes up and she doesn't want to be there anymore? She now has no choice but to stay. I mean, it's not like she can leave him, you know, and she's wake at that just as a woman like that, my whole, I, my chest contracted like in fear. This is the first time I think I watched it and started really questioning the lengths that her father and brother go to, to keep her believing it's the same day every day, because A, I don't think that's healthy on their side anyway. B, they've basically given up their entire life to do it. I was gonna say, how do they support themselves at this point? Like, <laughs> it's Sunday every, every day. day. It's every day. And then I started thinking, like, what if she wakes up and it's her time of the month, but it wasn't on the day that she's mm, going That's interesting. That, that's gonna... Fuck, I didn't cause... think about that. Yeah, I just, I, don't, I was trying to think just like, there are gonna, there's gonna be things that are. She eats. Wait, these are my couple, my couple of um, things that came into my head of like, wait a second. First of all, she eats waffles and cake yes, every, day. every day. Every How day. How are her pants every not day. tight on her? Like she be like her dad. They make fun of the dad. The dad kind of mentions that he's getting bigger and bigger. So she should be getting bigger and bigger too. Like she, you know, she's eating unhealthily every day. Sean Astin slipping her some no, steroids. No, it's fine, because in Adam Sandler films, women do not gain weight or lose weight. They just say they're a permanent fixture, yes. a sort of doll. Unless they are to be laughed at. True, true, at which point they are. But then they are just permanently heavy. Yeah, they're either permanently heavy or permanently old, yeah. as all of us will be. Or <laughs> permanently, yeah. Oh gosh. Permanently maybe, I, maybe I don't like this movie. I don't think you should. You don't think I should like this movie? No. <laughs> there were also um, lengths that they went through that I thought were just unnecessary. Like, when I wake up in the morning, I go over to my closet and pick out my clothes. Maybe she's the kind of person that picks out her clothes the night before, but why did she have to wear that pink shirt and white pants every single day? Like, that, what was that about? Day. Was that her Sunday outfit? Like, I don't know why they had a... She had to be in the this, same outfit every day. This is what I was thinking about when the movie was just at the beginning, before Henry learns about her accident. He's attracted to this woman who wears the same clothes every day. And I was just I like... Mean, <laughs> look, I'm, I wear the same clothes every day. Not the exact same, not the exact same, like, items. But I have, all I have is like three black jumpers, like eight black t-shirts, two pairs of black jeans. Like, I do wear the same clothes every day, so... <laughs> No, I can understand falling in love with someone who wears the same clothes every day. Yeah, I totally, like and uniform. I just feel like though, if you're, if you had this illness that, that doesn't exist or maybe does, um, <laughs> and and people were taking care of you and, cre you know, keeping up this facade that, that it was the same day, who would it's wake up? Terrifying. What about the shampoo? Like who would wake up and be like, oh, my shampoo was an inch higher than it was <laughs> yesterday. Like well, said, what what's happening here? Like they were using... He's a dropper to fill her shampoo bottle at night. I, I just thought that was bizarre. I did like that insanity. I mean, I think the, the hardest part for them is having to watch The Sixth Sense. Oh my God. Which would be a personal hell. Someday they've got to just be like, oh, I'm, I'm going to get to bed early. 
I'm... No, they can't do that because they can't let her have a bad day. Which got me thinking, what both of you, I mean, uh, watching, having to watch The Sixth Sense every day would be a form of personal hell for me. I like The Sixth What would Sense. your film be that you would hate to have to watch every single day? Joe Dirt. <laughs> I had, I to had watch that it. down. I had to watch it once for this podcast. And that was enough. <laughs> I honestly would say any film that I had to watch every day, but um, that's a very good point. I guess the the one film that I remember just being like the worst was Death Becomes Her. Oh wow, it's an interesting choice. It's just the I first one that popped. But honestly, Jeff if I had to watch this <laughs> film every day, I would wanna I would wanna kill myself also. Yeah. Any, any film every yes, day. Yes, any film every day say. eventually is going to... Although, like I said, we watched Billy Madison every day for a summer, and yeah. I, yeah. I survived that. Oh, yeah. I had that like I had that summer with Friday. Like, um... Yeah, Stone maybe those are just great films. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Sixth Sense is a perfectly fine film, but yeah, having to watch every day. I think, personally, like, I was like, oh, yeah, Sixth Sense would be bad. But for me, I think it would be the Jay and Silent Bob reboot film. Oh, uh, yeah. I have to watch that every day. <laughs> I mean, apologies. I know it's a Jersey film. <laughs> no offense taken. <laughs> but I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry. Um, but, I will say... Yeah, my God. The, the brilliance, though, if we're going to say brilliance, of it being The Sixth Sense is that the really... The only <laughs> thing that really makes The Sixth Sense so amazing is the twist like once you know yeah. the twist you gotta watch you have to watch it one more time to be like no because you're all like no like he didn't he wasn't dead the whole time and then you watch it and you're like oh he was and then you never need to watch it again <laughs> well, and the yeah. amazing thing is you can either watch the sixth sense once and you learn the twist or you can watch 50 first dates once like and then you know <laughs> and uh, before oh, no. I'd seen The Sixth Sense and have it completely spoiled for you. Is that ha- Did that happen to you? That's what happened to me. I oh, got no. the ending of The Sixth Sense by watching Fifty First Dates. I mean, you yeah, grown it's, up fi- it's only five years on, but uh, in the UK, Sixth Sense is rated 15. I was only 14. I, c- I couldn't watch that. Um, what rating's this? This is 12. a 12. Yeah, this, this movie really screwed me on that experience i had that experience with um with shawshank i've never Mm. seen shawshank oh so i shouldn't tell you but there's there's a revealing scene at the end of the movie like a reveal that kind of is shocking and my friends were watching it i was i was at my friend's house and like some of us were watching a movie and some of us weren't and i walked into the room right at that scene Oh, and i was like it's still a great movie you should watch the movie you would like it I should watch. It's it. actually a quality. It's. Not, it, I mean, it's not as good as Fifty First Dates, but no. <laughs> he doesn't watch it out of principle. It's not as good as my three point five out of five. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't watch it because the Shawshank Redemption is voted number one on IMDb, and he thinks that's a fucking lie. It's number one on IMDb. I think so. It's normally it definitely up there. was at one point. It's it's sort of like a rotating between that, the Dark the Godfather, Knight, the Dark the Godfather, Knight. Yeah. I no, never no, saw no, the Godfather. No. I've never seen oh, that. That's a good one. There are a couple of movies, like one of the, you know, the movies that shock everyone else when you say you've never seen it. Yeah. <laughs> it would have been great if they watched The Godfather every day and just at the end, Drew Barrymore's just always like, I can't believe it. Marlon Brando is The Godfather. <laughs> <laughs> that would be good. I wanted to talk just for a moment on Sean Astin. Yeah. Um, he is fucking fit in this film. Yeah, what a difference. <laughs> This is his first film post Lord of the Rings. Is it? Yeah. Oh my god, I didn't Lord even of the think Rings about ended that. Ended two thousand three, 
Oh, wow. So, <laughs> I find it so funny that, like, after Lord of the Rings, Sean Astin decides to go do a few Adam Sandler comedies. Elijah Wood, like, throws himself into, like, Eternal Sunshine and Sin City and all these sort of, and like... Grand Piano. <laughs> Don't say a bad word about Grand Piano. <laughs> me some Grand Piano. What if speed, but piano? Yes! Um... <laughs> He is such a strange presence in this movie for me, playing Drew Barrymore's drugged up, well, not drugged up, steroided up. Um, Roid rage man. Uh, I, I mean, I prefer him to the Rob Schneider character, but still not one of my favourite parts of the movie. I liked him. I had a yeah. good time every time he was on screen. I thought he was a better actor than Drew. <laughs> yeah, I would agree. I mean, he matches her for Lisp, though, doesn't he? He, really he does, but but see, that's acting. Because he doesn't really have <laughs> one, but she just has her own that she just brings everywhere. <laughs> and I wanted to also mention Dan Aykroyd in this movie, given nothing funny to do. Oh, he gave me half a laugh at his oh. fucking dumb joke. <laughs> yeah, about his wife. I thought that was hilarious. Not that one. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember that one. The wife one is that he wishes could his his wife had the disease so she could forget the horrible things he said about her mother. Yes. Yep, 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 yep. No, I laughed at even dumber joke. It was a half laugh at the they say walruses have the second largest penises of all land mammals. I have the first. I just thought, <laughs> Which is like... which is bizarre because that's like half the joke they made up. Yeah, they yeah, made that not... joke between the conversation between Drew and Adam Sandler. Because you expect Adam to say that that he has the biggest, but then he says that it's the uh, the tattoo guy at the right. Um... <laughs> exactly. I think That's the it. tattoo guy is a funnier version of that joke. The tattoo. It was good. It was good. I like the tattoo guy. I like the people in the cafe. Spam lad. Yeah. Spam and peanut butter cups yep, yep, yep. <laughs> I like that dynamic <laughs> my least favourite food visual <laughs> oh, you've never had spam you've never cut spam into into slices and put peanut butter cups in between and fried it oh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't I'm think anyone right now, has I've never had spam have you have I. Oh, it's oh. great spam is great <laughs> um, it really works with like rice interesting and... I mean lots of things work with rice I don't have to go to spam <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, a sort of ramen bowl with fried spam in it. It's quite good. Okay. What is, is good. it meat in a can? Like, what is it? It's like yeah. a mixture of different porky bits. That is there are all some just beef like... in there? Um, yeah, I maybe. always put it in there with like corned beef. Yeah, it's kind of similar. It's like porky, beefy veal might be It's like beef with the air quotes. <laughs> it's like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then just loads and loads and loads and loads and loads and loads and loads of salt. It's a, set, a film set in Hawaii. What could they do? They had to include spam. True. <laughs> like, I, I, actually, I was saying that I like the people in the cafe. I don't like uh, the old Hawaiian man who just uh, keeps saying, like, what a dumb shit Adam Sandler <laughs> Why not? Why don't you like that? Because there was at one point where it was like that cute little moment where they were both dancing and then the car pulls out and then they see each other dancing. Um, is that cute? Like, I have a horrible realisation that we like the complete opposite things about this film. I thought that was a cute little moment. And then <laughs> it cuts it. to the Hawaiian man and he's just like, says something in, in a native language and then just says, that means... Look at those two dumb shits. Yeah. And I was like, oh. Well, that, I think it's so interesting because it's uh, all the things you hate are all like clearly 
Adam Sandler things. Like, <laughs> like, yeah, like and all the things Josh loves. When I think about I, like my go-to, which is Billy Madison or or Happy Gilmore, are my two like go-to Adam Sandler yeah. films. Like, there's a storyline, there's something going on, and then there are consistent outtakes that just kind of like pull you out of it, and something ridiculous <laughs> happens. Like, it's the whole movie. Yeah, that I think works because that is the whole movie. Is that you have the whole movie of very silly Adam Sandlerness. This one is sort of balancing between the two of this sort of sweet romantic comedy plus the Adam Sandler bawdy humor. Mm. And for me, I prefer the sweet romantic comedy side of it. I'm sure some people, Josh, prefer the uh, crass Adam Sandler. You could just see me shaking my head, being like, fuck off. <laughs> some of this. <laughs> I don't want the dumb romantic comedy. Like, I like romantic comedies, it's just this one. It's just, it uses too much, too many shorthands. Like with Adam Sandler, like, who is he? What does he want? What's his personality other than like... I'm not saying, like, it's just a, a great romantic comedy. I don't no. think it's... But come just going off the happy Madison world that you and I have lived in no, for I the know. past 11 weeks. That's the thing. I think it relies on too much prior knowledge of like this is Adam Sandler as a person. I get it, I get it, because obviously these films don't exist in vacuums I mean, he's, anymore. he's a movie star at this point, he is so a movie you, star. you can do it. I think they show his depth because he's a vet. So, like, you see his, like, sweetness through the way he interacts with the animals. Like, I thought yeah. you meant he was a veteran for a second. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, what? He could be. Did you but miss yeah, that no, scene? <laughs> it's just another classic. He gets back from war. There's just so much, there's so much shorthand. There's not even, even like the bit where you're supposed to, you know, there's always the bit where they prove their worth at the beginning of the film, which is like, you know, a doctor rushes in and saves a child and it's like, oh, he's a good guy. And then you root for him. In this, I, I, I get it. It's turned on its head, but you know, it's him going and rescuing the walrus thing. But then it turns out it's a prank that he set right. up so that he could make the walrus vomit on his colleague, who he then spends the rest of the time like transphobically or homophobically attacking. Yeah, that um, was very painful to watch. Yeah, it's very bad. But you're just like, I don't care about this man he is doing nothing his only worth is by coming in and telling this woman every day that she loves him yes <laughs> that's the only thing he does but even that like what is that i i think it's such a you know you were asking earlier like would you tell somebody i know um you guys were half joking i'm hoping when you asked me like would i tell somebody else that this is what they should be looking for <laughs> yes. in a relationship yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's something to be said when you're in a relationship and you're and someone who you're with goes through something. You know, whenever you have that, you it becomes less fifty fifty, and you're you're often giving more. You know, whatever it is that they're going through that might be somewhat of an equivalent. But to, this is going to sound maybe perhaps heartless, but to sign well, the two thoughts: one to to sign on to that because that's what we believe love is is something different. Mm. And again, that's where we kind of have to be careful that you're like looking for someone broken to fix. And then they bring her to such a weak. I, I just think about it as as a person to wake up and not remember anything. And then to meet this guy and for him to say, like, I'm your husband or I'm your boyfriend. And then I'm supposed to, like, be intimate with him in that 24 hour period. I, I can't imagine that there aren't days that she wakes up and she's just totally skeeved out by this idea. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. It is it is crazy. And it, it reminded me <laughs> it reminded me 
of going back to uni and learning about Gramsci, coercion and consent, how you build a nation. And he's just like, this whole thing is him just using his authority that he can remember the day before. So he can create this videotape and inform her every day that this is how the world is. It's like a sort of 1984 nightmare where I will he's... Say, I was really upset when I saw that they were still doing the videotape because in the movie she said that she likes the tape, but she'd started keeping a diary because she didn't like that someone yeah. else was telling her her life. Which I get it. That, you know, that's... Yeah, it's nice that she can actually have agency over her memory and then at the end it's like no <laughs> you're having a video again because i can control that narrative so you don't freak out that you now have a son and are now miles away from where you remember being in a bedroom that we've constructed to look exactly like your bedroom so you also, don't he freak has out to get up early every day to make sure oh yeah that's fine i mean i guess they yeah probably jack don't focus on together. his struggle <laughs> Oh no, I'm just, again, it's another one of those things where it's like, this doesn't work. The no, effort to do this, to live this life, doesn't make sense. No. <laughs> yeah, it is a recipe for disaster. Like, at some point, he's got to be like, enough. Like, you don't freaking remember me? Like, you don't remember? I don't know. Like, I just feel like, or maybe it's a good thing that, that she he gets a free, clean slate um, mm. every day. I don't know, but... I mean, the, the absolute horror of having to wake up and finding out that you're married to Adam Sandler. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I feel like she gets the shorter end of the stick here. I mean, she I don't really know. Like, but also the, uh, you know, there is the side of this kid, you know, like, is that fair? I don't know. I feel like... I, I agree with you there. I do, uh, at one point I, I uh, in the movie, I do think that the best place for her is the hospital that she is in. She seems to be having a great time. Also, how good is it, it that they... Sounds very sad like, to say it like that, but it... How fortunate is it that she had an accident not 50 miles away from the leading neuros... <laughs> <laughs> neurological hospital? Maybe so that that's can... why Adam Sandler moved the production to Hawaii. Oh, it could be. <laughs> oh, I thought you were going to say maybe that's why Adam Sandler forced her to have the accident and <laughs> put that cow oh, there gosh. so that he could dominate her for the rest of her life it really is that like she like again like it's him he he is driving the boat metaphorically and literally you know and i think Mm. that is the real issue that's That's one of the many issues that i take in like just the rom-com aspect of the of the film can't believe you guys have beaten me into hating like one of my near final notes was can she ever truly fall in love with him is he not just a stranger that she meets every day and is told that she has to kiss and bang yes that's what i'm like (laughs) you don't fall in love in one day you just don't and then eventually like how long is this journal like at one point that's true like her she's gonna it's gonna take 24 hours for her to read the journal that she wrote so that's the whole day now when does that happen and you know, this is the difference between this and Groundhog Day is that in Groundhog Day, you know, he it's a situation that he's stuck in that he can then, once he's able to break that that pattern of days repeating, he is able to properly pursue a relationship with Andy McDowell. Right, and this is never going to end. And the other side of it is that in Groundhog's Day, he knows he's stuck. Yeah, yeah true. She doesn't know until somebody else tells her that she's stuck. Though Andy McDowell doesn't realise he's stuck. So 
Well, she Aristotle, doesn't, right? The, the creepiness yeah, of him suddenly well. knowing, knowing everything about her, but that's true. I wonder how that film works the other way. Uh, Palm Springs deals with how that yeah. works the other way. I just thought of a different analogy. This is Plato's cave. <laughs> That's what this is. Okay. It's the the puppets on the wall. I don't know what that means. Shadow much. puppets on the wall, baby. You keep saying it. <laughs> imagine, imagine you're a hermit and you've been born in a cave, and you all you know, you look on a wall and all you can see is shadows on the wall being done by a guy behind you who you can't see. If that's all you'd ever know, you'd assume that that was your life until someone breaks the shackles and takes you outside and you realise that everything you knew was a lie. It's like the Truman Show. Like the Truman Show. Yeah, this is the Truman Show. I understand that. I was just, yeah, that was it. I just thought of a different analogy rather than Kramsky. Did you have any laughs? Like nothing, again, I've seen this movie a lot of times. Nothing, I'll get to uh, my biggest laugh when we get to MVPs, but... Uh, I, I, like, I, I, I don't think anything really drove me wild in this movie. I know you Fair have enough. your your fun with Dan Aykroyd's penis joke. Yeah, that was a half <laughs> laugh. Uh, I got a full laugh from Adam Sandler cry singing to Beach Boys. Yes. <laughs> I, I really don't like the, the leap he makes <laughs> yeah. in that scene where he's the guy's giving him the CD. And he's not said that. Oh my god! Yeah, how Lucy still sings this song? Because yes, the idea is that Lucy sings uh, "Wouldn't It Be Nice" on the day she meets Adam Sandler, and her dad gives him a CD after they've done the rom-com thing of splitting up, and he's listening to the CD and crying, and then just suddenly he goes, "She remembers me." Yeah, no, I did not get. She it. Like, no, and even if we back up, like he never hears her singing that song the dad just says she only sings on the day the only time we hear the beach boy song is a when she's singing it and and adam sandler is nowhere to be seen and b when it's the back it's the soundtrack right to the movie they do adam sandler does see it because he says wouldn't you love to wake up listening to that singing voice every day okay so he does actually hear okay yeah oh yeah but yeah and it was a stretch, you... though, for like, oh, she's singing again. That must mean that she remembers me. No one even says that she's singing no. again. He just is given a CD of the Beach Boys, which it... he then takes. The dad does me. say the dad does say that she started singing again when he says that he had oh. put her in the in the whatever rehabilitation center. It's oh, such... then I missed that. Such... That yeah. makes more sense. That does make more sense. But so, so yeah, she's I, happy. What does that have? I don't know. Um, also, like th- that leads you to believe that, oh, okay, so, so she does have a form of uh, long-term memory and you'd hope that like, there's been a breakthrough, but no. No. It, it she... just goes on to, uh, she paints all these paintings of Adam's I want to know where all those paintings are. <laughs> I would love one. <laughs> I'd love to get one of those paintings. They're above Adam Sandler's mantelpiece. That's where they are. I just imagine they're all above his bed. Mm. I know. I feel like if we sat down and talked about what are the scenes we can pull from this movie that would make it into a horror film, <laughs> I think we could do that. <laughs> that like, one? It's definitely one of those ones that you could like recut the trailer. A hundred percent. Adam Sandler, there's one with his like profile. It's just like Adam Sandler's nose from like the side that she painted of him. I don't know if you guys know oh, yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. that and her waking up and like on the I window, understand. like trapped inside <laughs> the boat. That would be another film, another like part of it that would be part of like making it a horror film. 
When she's like, yeah, like <gasps> and there's just like water all around her. I'm pretty sure that profile painting is just the poster for Punch Drunk Love. Oh, but shit, it, yeah. <laughs> Fuck. We've blown this wide open. I also oh, laughed at him crying about how he couldn't read. I thought that was. Oh, funny. I like that scene. I, <laughs> I mean, it's a really funny. stupid scene. It just—I think I like it because it reminds me of Wayne's World. It's just yeah, the yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes! Mike Myers just goes. You know what the worst part is? I never learned to read. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, it gets a laugh on the fact that it reminds me of a better movie. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> Awards-wise. I mean, other than the MTV Best Duo Award that it just won, mm. um, it, in the year of 2004, they also won Best On Screen Team. Oh, that's nice. At the MTV Movie... It was just the MTV Movie Awards back then. I just want to check who they beat. Amy, very quickly, did you have any laughs? I think... I- I think the reference to there was there were two where I think I chuckled at least was that Nick at the restaurant was the second biggest penis next to the walrus. Yeah. I thought that was funny. Oh, when the he made some comment about that she asked how the cow was after the accident and he said we have to remind it every day that it's a cow. I think was the oh, line yeah. something like that. <laughs> I thought that was funny too. That was pretty good. Uh, yes, 51st Dates wins Best On-Screen Team for Adam Sandler and Drew Barrymore, beating out Bad Boys 2 for Will Smith and Martin Lawrence. Oh, yeah. Pirates of the Caribbean, Johnny Depp and Orlando Bloom. Oof. Starsky and Hutch, Ben Stiller and Owen Wilson. Yeah. And the entirety of The School of Rock. Really? Oh, I was. It was Slim Pickens, first of all, that year. That sounds like a really, really rough lineup of, of movies. <laughs> To pick I, I mean, I, I love School of Rock. School of Rock so, is amazing. So, I'm surprised yeah. that they they beat over School of Rock. That's shocking to me. Especially for like an MTV thing, mm. you'd feel like they'd go for the Rock, but uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> um, what else did this end up doing? It was also nominated on. Sorry, my computer's being very slow today. It was nominated for best movie, best male performance. And best female performance didn't didn't seem to win. I mean, I'm not gonna lie, I'm not alone here because the People's Choice Awards also gave it favorite on screen chemistry. I'm clicking yeah. with the people. Well, maybe it's Adam Sandler and Drew Barrymore have good ke- chemistry because neither of them. Can. <laughs> God, that's true. I like that. They're so evenly pitched. I'm I'm in line with the people, but the Teen Choice Awards. It was only a nominee for choice uh, oh, movie chemistry. Sad. So me and the teens aren't down together. Also nominated for Choice Movie Lip Lock, Choice Movie Actress, and Choice Movie. But it did win Choice Movie Actor and Choice Movie Date Movie. Ooh, what, a film that would be a good date movie? Yes, it would yeah, be your right, choice date movie. I see. Um, and at the Kids' Choice Award, it won Favourite Movie Actor for Adam Sandler, but lost Favourite Movie Actress for Drew Barrymore. which Sad. is. In line with what we've talked about it's, tonight. It's true. Well, no, because no, none of us have praised Adam Sandler's acting abilities. We've just put Drew Barrymore's acting ability but down. But if we were kids, maybe we would. Maybe, maybe. The kids are our future, Josh. Kids I don't know. Our... I don't know. Well, Adam Sandler, he gets an out because he's he's a comedian first true. and like an actor second. So there's like a there's a an allowance for him to be a bad actor and to just be himself. But Drew Barrymore for years and years is like praised 
as an actress. And, and again, like my opinion might not be, like people might definitely not agree with my opinion about Drew Barrymore's acting ability. The kids only nominated her. (laughs) Didn't give her the blimp award. Well, that's me, you know, me and the kids. So (laughs) they get it. I just want to say in terms of the legacy of this film, which is the true award the, the the six remakes that it's had well no not just that but did you know that this was the first film to be released on blu-ray ever wow <laughs> they were launching a new format they went we've got to make sure that blu-ray is a success what do we lead with i know 51st dates alphabetical maybe think? yeah i imagine that he didn't just release one on that day so i imagine what about 12 like... monkeys well that's not a sony movie and sony made blu-ray so Oh god, that's true. There must be other Sony movies with I'm not buying that. They thought this was the best thing to secure Blu-ray's future. It's fantastic. I was gonna say who remembers Blu-ray? Like who actually uses Blu-ray now, so Oh, you're talking to the Blu-ray car. I know, my husband as I was saying it, I was like, We have a bunch of them downstairs. Like he'll still purchase them. I'm like, Why are you doing that? Because they're extra scenes, right? Do you get it for the extra scenes on the Blu-ray? That's why he owns cats. I don't own cats, Josh. You own cats. <laughs> don't you start with me. I'm in the middle of moving and packing up my Blu-rays is a real motherfucker. But uh, that is incredible. And yes, I now, for this show, I bought the Blu-ray of 50 First Dates. And um, I didn't even watch the Blu-ray to watch this film. I watched it on streaming anyway. Oh, God. Um, so what a life I lead. MVPs. Hmm. Josh, do you have one? Hmm. I did have one a second ago, <laughs> and now it's gone. Amy, do you have one? Um, I'm going to say the walrus. Great choice. Oh, Jocko yeah, the walrus. <laughs> I was curious at one point, like, how much can Adam Sandler communicate? I was thinking that? this. Like, do they... They set up that whole plan to vomit on Yeah, Alexa. they communicated that, and he was like, oh, I thought you were just going to burp, but you vomited. Like, did they... Like, does he have telecommunication with animals? Well, they made it like the, the walrus was... It wasn't so much Adam Sandler's ability, it was the walrus just seemed like... The walrus can communicate <laughs> with him. He yeah, can. it was no, more like true. he was more intelligent than Adam Sandler was, I'll say, in this film. Yeah, yeah, big That's definitely it's a good reason to give him MVP. My MVP is from near the end of the movie in the, in the hospital during Lucy's painting class. Mm. A man says do you, do you know who that is and uh and i love this line goes, i don't even know who i am and the man responds with oh well you're you're pablo picasso and the guy goes really and the man goes no <laughs> not really <laughs> and that delivery of no not really gets yeah, no. him my mvp because that is the moment i laughed watching this time oh, that's good <laughs> that was a good line it's not even like one of adam sandler's regular buddies in the role it's just a guy a i don't know guy. who he is i love his performance give him the uh blimp award for <laughs> choice delivery best delivery <laughs> that's um, my mvp i've thought about mine i was gonna give it to peter dante just for showing up because i like him but it's it's sean astin because he is a joy every time he's on screen i can't wait to hear what he's doing next he was, he was my second. Was he was my second. Yeah. Blake Clark was my second, but Pete, uh, Sean Aston's probably my third. I just think he's very sweet in this film, and also he's got the good roid jokes and the the classic going to the doctor and talking about a horrible sexual problem, but pretending it's his friend. It's all good stuff. <laughs> 
So yeah, and and his beautiful like in that same scene when he's like, oh, we don't serve you if you don't have a shirt on, and he puts on like a mesh top. <laughs> yeah. It's just great. That's that's my favorite Dan Aykroyd line: is buy a shirt without holes in it. <laughs> <laughs> See, it's good stuff. Do we have LVPs? Oh yeah, big time. Uh, Amy, you went first last time. Do you have an LVP for this movie? I would say Drew, but. I, I think I don't I don't hate her that much. I think that that would be that would be a little bit unfair. I an LVP. I don't know. Come back to me. You guys go first, okay. and then I'll I'll think about it. I reckon we might have the same one if I've judged this right. Go ahead. I'm gonna say Jonathan Lofren. Oh, I um forgot about Jonathan Lofren's <laughs> Yeah, I bet uh, you did. Man. In this movie, I don't forget about this shit this that is, they keep um, trying to pull. Jonathan Lofren appears as a trans character in this movie. Who exists uh. just to be set up by the fact that, so, Jonathan Lofren is playing a character, a trans character, who is one of Lucy's friends from before the accident, and exists solely to have a joke made about the character at the end when they get up and say, I need to use the bathroom, and someone just goes, ew, and then it cuts. I can't even remember the scene. Yeah, I mean it's pretty it's pretty throwaway. I just thought it was like no, Oh cool, Jonathan Lofren's here. Oh no, I see what they're doing. Right. Oh oh. <laughs> oh fine. And also, sorry, actually my real MVP is um male saviour complexes. That's a good one too. My LVP is uh is Lowell Gans, Babalu Mandel, Tim Hurlihy, Alan <laughs> Covert, and Adam Sadler. Yeah. Who, are all credited with reworking this script <laughs> to make it more comedic. Oh, you didn't have ten all second this, Tom. It's uh, everything that I imagine they put in. In fact, maybe my MVP is George Wing's original script that I've never read. That might be terrible. <laughs> it could really be <laughs> um, shit. But uh, no, that's um, <laughs> my LVP is uh, the rewriters on this uh, motion picture. Yeah, they should have left well enough alone. Although, <laughs> then we wouldn't have been talking about it. So it is exactly. the brilliance of it all. I wonder if we even would have seen it had it not had Adam Sandler's. I mean, we would never have been able to meet via podcast. <laughs> That's right. It's true. So it's it does have a purpose. universe. I do wonder what this film would be without the reworking. Like, would it just be some sort of really horribly mawkish, awful I say it's melodrama. like a, um, regarding Henry. Have you seen regarding Henry or yeah. Harrison Ford? No, obviously I say not. it's playing in that territory. This sort of drama about a man who I believe it's sort of a uh, Flowers for Algernon style story about a man whose intelligence is like progressing and stuff like that. That like I would imagine it's played sort of serious with a few sort of like light moments, light drama. I'm gonna, I'll get. Look, I'm gonna cancel your Christmas present, Josh. I'm gonna get you regarding Henry. <laughs> I don't want it. Christmas. Oh, it's a great <laughs> film. I think regarding Henry is wonderful. Give it a go. Except for Harrison Ford when he's learning how to read. It's just a little bit I don't know how you don't make how you don't laugh. Like you shouldn't this laugh. Is why, this is why Harrison Ford should have done this, because he could have done the scene where he's like, I, I can't read. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I never learned good. to read. Oh <laughs> uh, Amy, were you able to think of an LVP or do you do you want to opt out? I'm gonna stick with Drew because just because I feel like it's eye opening for your listeners to to realize that that they're being duped by her acting ability. That's not really. Good. <laughs> oh my god, it's good. 
I've been duped all this time. You're like, oh, it's like The Matrix. Now you can't unsee it. <laughs> I promise. Go watch a Drew Barrymore film and tell me that she's a good actress now that we talk I, about it. The I'm going to grab my Charlie's Angels double pack off the Blu-ray shelf tonight. Oh, no. The Matrix. That's the example I was looking for. <laughs> Imagine... <laughs> Imagine every day you wake up and you're taken out of the Matrix. Yep. Horrible. Amy, thank you so much. Thank for you guys for having me. <laughs> uh, is there anything you would like to plug? Um, again, our podcast is successful, single, and not willing to settle. Um, and our Instagram is at successful single female. So if you guys want to check us out there, that'd be great. We're dating coaches. I say we because I, like you guys, have a partner who I go on with, Jen. Um, and similar banter. So if you guys like the movie reviews, we do that, but with the the view or the lens of dating coaches and poking at what's wrong or what the messages are that are that are skewing the audience to believe in love that doesn't exist. I have listened to the show. I really liked your Britney Runs a Marathon episode. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Proud of that one. Um, and I, I, I follow the Instagram and I like the questions you guys put up and it's it's a it's a it's a fun thing to get into. Thank you, thank you. Hopeless romantics like me, it's nice to hear other people talk about them. It is hard to grow up and not be a hopeless, not like be influenced by this. So it's just about you enjoying it, but also peeling it apart for what it is. Josh, where can people find you? Oh, they can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Papsby, like Gatsby, P A P S B Y. One day you're going to let me have it. And on that day, I'll know that you no longer care for me because you won't call me on my bullshit. P-A-P-S-B-Y, Papsby. Twitter, Instagram, Letterboxd. And you can find me at JFG in Digital 3D across Instagram, Twitter, Letterboxd, all that jazz. And you can follow the podcast at TrueHapMad on Instagram and Twitter. And you can email us at TrueHapMad at gmail.com. And if you've listened to this show, and you've really liked the show, and your memory is going to wipe at the end of the day, leave us a review instantly, because you don't want to forget. That's a good one. And as always, ah, oh, horseshit. That's my best Drew Barrymore. Is that Drew Barrymore? Yeah. Oh, very good, man. By the way, I cried in this film. I didn't say, but goodbye. Oh. Wait, wait, no, you have to say when you cried. Uh, it was the the scene where she first discovers that she's got the bad brains. And then it was more crying about the about the family having to having to talk through the fact that they've made up all of these newspapers and blah 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 blah. And then the cry really came when to I was like, Oh, this insanity. isn't really this isn't really the first this isn't even gonna be the first time they've had to do this. Yeah. And how many times they've had to confront this only for it to be erased. And that's what I got sad about. The constant the Sisyphean task, the sort of yeah. dementory still Alice type thing. So but anyway, that was it. For, for those keeping track, Josh has cried through two of these <laughs> now. True. Anger management and fifty first dates. Both oh, directed by Peter Seagal. So, you know, maybe it's a theme. He just knows maybe how to get Maybe you'll cry during man. The Longest Yard as well. well I've only happen. cried during Eight Crazy Nights, so... Oh, you didn't say that on the podcast. I did. Oh. I did. Me, I and, uh, me and Rebecca <laughs> talked about it. That's the oh. uh, teaser video for the podcast. Thanks, Josh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thank you all for listening. And as always, once again, ah, horseshit. Bye. 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 Adam Sanders production company.